A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Owen, and I'm joined by Denise Salcedo. How's it going, Denise? It's going good. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so this episode is quite an episode. This uh, uh, We're recording this podcast bit after we've recorded the main show, but yeah, this episode, is we have a few technical problems, and then the show just falls off a cliff and we get into the mailbag, so buckle up, people. Uh, here is the show. The big news coming out of this week, it actually stems from uh, a bit of news that broke last week. It was after we'd finished doing our record, you know, it was late into Friday night, that WWE announced that Zelina Vega, uh, Tri- Thea Trinidad, I believe you would say, uh, has been uh, released from her WWE contract. About 10 minutes beforehand, she had tweeted out that she supports unionization. Of course, it's not the tweet that got her fired. I think these have been discussions that have been you know, going on for quite a while. Uh, the report is it was Vega launching her OnlyFans. Uh, there was a the straw that broke the camel's back. Of course, uh, it was a breach of contract. Vega started the OnlyFans because WWE wanted to shut down her Twitch accounts. So this has kind of been sort of going on for quite a while. Basically, like the OnlyFans was the form of defiance against the, you know, against the company. She's going to continue doing Twitch. And you know what? If I can't do Cameo, that's fine. I'll launch an OnlyFans instead because you haven't said that I can't do one of those. You know, it, that was interesting to me when she opened up her OnlyFans account because I thought to myself, okay, if Twitch is an issue, if Cameo is an issue, if all these extra third-party, you know, platforms are an issue, how is OnlyFans not an issue for them too? And so obviously my question was answered after this happened to Zelina. And I have to say though that, yeah, she ended up standing her guard 
and she ended up standing up for what she felt was right for her. And I feel like you can't fault that whatsoever. And just all the aftermath of what happened after that, like everyone's reaction to this, it was just crazy. So when I found out the news, I had seen Selena Vegas tweet and I thought to myself, wow, why would she post this? Like, this is pretty brave of her. And then I go back on and like a few minutes later, I'm seeing that WWE released her and I'm thinking, holy cow, like this is going to blow up. And lo and Behold, it did. I mean, you got she got attention from Gabrielle Carter, I think Carteris from SAG AFTRA. And it's just like something that, you know, obviously needs to be talked about. And I think that we will be getting more answers. I, I don't think this is the end of this. No, absolutely not. So yes, SAG reached out to to Vega. And since then, they have had powerful conversations, uh, as both of them have put it up on, on Twitter, which I think is it's a very, very interesting thing. I'd imagine Paige is probably you know, getting involved in some of that as well, because she is also someone who has been in support of uh, unions. Vega said on Twitch, this past week has been hell, literal hell. Friday was the worst day of my life since, well, 2001. When you hear about me in the social media world, sometimes misinformation can be spread. It's important for me to get you guys to know me. I was someone who let a lot of people walk all over me. I was very insecure and I didn't stand up for myself. Looking at social media, I expected the absolute worst. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought people were going to look at me like the devil let me just say that the narrative has been spun completely out of control and is completely wrong when people see the real story that i put out that's who i am i've learned to grow as a person i've known to realize my worth and stand up for who i am and appreciate the things i've gone along the way i think this is it, it you know this perhaps it's the first domino to fall but it, this feels like it could be one of the biggest news stories of the year because this the, the whole WWE taking over um, Talent's Twitch accounts, we, we've done shows on this uh, in the past on the magazine show. You know, are they wrong to try to control the way that people are making money? Dave Meltzer uh, said on Wrestling Observer Radio that Zelina Vega was making more money from Twitch and Cameo than she was her WWE contract. That's wild. I mean, again, and so I think a few weeks back when we were when the whole first Twitch thing, this whole situation broke out that WDB wasn't going to allow their talent to do stream. I had said on here that I didn't understand how, you know, what the payments were for Twitch. Well, we had a viewer who actually DM'd me and gave me like a really in-depth explanation on to how Twitch works. And after what he explained to me, I just thought to myself, like, dang, like it's very if you have a following and people like you you can definitely make a very nice living on twitch and so just kind of seeing the whole picture painted out it makes a lot of sense as to why somebody like her and Paige would want to put all their marbles you know into this page thing i'm sorry into the twitch thing excuse me and so here's my thing so luke let's pretend that you're a wwe wrestler and you're you know this very creative guy and you're like oh you know i love doing twitch and i want to do this stuff but you know i also want to stay a wwe wrestler um you're looking at what happened to zelina vega how are you going to be keeping an eye out on her and kind of seeing how she does after this Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like, I wonder if Vega leaving is almost in kind of like comparable, not like, you know, into, I'm not going to say this is in the exact same ways, but do you remember when, when Cody left and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, our Cody Rhodes has been fired from WWE. That sucks. What a really good talent. But Cody was then like, he sort of picked himself up, dusted himself down, was like, right. I'm going to put the work in now. And he went and he toured the world and he put in, you know, put in calls. He was doing favors as much as he possibly could to get his name out there. And now 
he has had a great stint in Ring of Honor, great stint in New Japan, and he is now running all late wrestling and like his firing has changed the wrestling landscape i've got to think that vegas yeah like if i'm someone like you know a cesaro who doesn't feel like my my worth is being completely utilized and i was making a heck of a lot of money adam cole's another one i think yeah i think i would definitely be looking to what happens next for uh for zelina vega so that you like answered my question perfectly because instantly when I saw congratulations, congratulations instantly when I saw that, you know, Zelina had been released and, you know, everything that involved her release automatically, I knew that she was going to be a prime example of what happens when you separate yourself, you know, from, you know, the, she separated herself from safety, from a safe job. You know, she had a good position with the company. And so she said she broke away from that and she risked it all, lost her job and, you know, to focus on something else. So already she's going to be somebody that people that are in the company are going to look to and see what she does and how her future plays out. And obviously it's different because people have different work ethics and all of that. But still, I think that Zelina Vega is going to be that really that prime example of what you can do when you already have an established name. Um, apologies uh, for uh, Denise. We're, we're not sure what's going on with Denise's internet at the moment, uh, but uh, the picture quality a bit like we can't see the brilliance of Denise in full crystal clear quality. We're not quite sure what's going on at the moment, but we'll work My on it. My internet's done it. They're like, we've been working all day. We're done. <laughs> Um, but okay, so this all brings us to this conversation about a union, uh, which has been, I would say, a hot topic for wrestling for many, many years now, like decades, if anything. And it feels like it's really starting to come to the forefront here. Um, Andrew Yang, uh, you know, who is a, a former presidential candidate, he is looking to be the uh, Labour Secretary. Labour Secretary, I believe, is the, the role he's looking to get in Biden's uh, presidency. Now that Biden is president-elect, and he has got an eye on WWE. You know, he put out that tweet saying, like, you better hope that your buddy Donald wins because, you know, we will be coming for you because this independent contractor thing that WWE have been peddling for 40-odd years is starting to get out of control because, yes, wrestlers are independent contractors. They are self-employed in a way. However, they are self-employed with all of the rules that an employee would have, just none of the benefits. So you are an independent contractor to us, but you cannot work for another company. You are an independent contractor, but you have to wear what we tell you. You are an independent contractor, but you're not allowed to do anything else outside of what you are doing here, unless it goes through us. And I think that perhaps this switch thing might be, you know, the, that's the the, the straw that breaks the camel back, that's the one that's going to drive this change. But interestingly, Eric Bischoff was talking about this on his 83 Weeks podcast. Um, got quite a few quotes here from Bischoff about this. Um, so I'll try and get through these as quickly as possible. We'll break them down as we go. Uh, but Bischoff said in the podcast, there's so much at risk. This is not just WWE. If this issue becomes a big issue, which I think it will, it will radically change the wrestling business. I can understand why it sounds great, but what does it do to the revenue model of WWE? 
WWE or AEW or any other televised wrestling company that's going to have to deal with this issue. It's going to dramatically change the way people are paid. It may not be benefit, uh, may not benefit talent as much as they think it will. There's a lot of value in being an independent contractor. There are downsides. There is a risk, no doubt, but there's also limitations when you're an employee or you're in a union. I posted this the other day. Be careful what you wish for. Do your homework. Think about it. Think about the unintended consequences if the WWE talent model is dra dramatically altered. I would not want to become an employee. I would want to stay an independent contractor. So I'm glad that Eric Bischoff said this because I think he brought up a lot of good points. I think a lot of people think, oh, only WWE is going to be affected by this. Only Andrew Yang is only going to go, you know, towards, you know, attacking WWE. But the truth is that this affects everybody. This also affects AEW. Uh, AEW doesn't give their employees, you know, ben uh, health benefits. They don't have any of that. And yeah, they do pay for their travel, okay, that's good. They do let them do what they want, okay, that's good. But when you do something like this, when you make a movement like this and you bring in somebody like Andrew Yang, you just can't give them, you know, 50% or 75%. No, if you're going to do it, you might as well give the full 100%, which includes all of those benefits that, uh, you know, that a normal employee would get. Now, I also agree with Eric Bischoff in the sense that there are perks uh, to being an independent contractor. And I know this because I am an independent contractor and I have been an employee for different people and I get the perks of both sides. However, if you're going to be an independent contractor, that's fine and dandy. Stay an independent contractor. But the company should be treating them like independent contractors. So therefore, fine, you're an independent contractor. You're not going to get all of these special benefits and all of that. But you know what? You want to have a Twitch channel? By all means, go have a Twitch channel. You want to make a bunch of money and worry about your taxes come tax season? Sure, it's your prerogative. You are an independent contractor. And so I'm very happy that Eric Bischoff brought this up because I don't think a lot of people are necessarily talking about the fact that this doesn't just impact WWE. It impacts each and every single wrestling promotion. Yeah, because wrestling is all built on the exact same model. Uh, I believe one of the things that, that AEW did when they set out was that, you know, they employ people in sort of two roles because you are a wrestler but you also do something within the backstage area which means you get the benefits of being an employee while also still being an independent contractor uh because that way we can give you health benefits and things like that uh but you are like i I don't I'm not going to say that having a resting union is going to fix all of the problems, but I do think that someone coming in to sort of examine WWE the way they treat their independent contractors is something that does need to be done, because I, I do think I mean, Eric Bischoff um, said here is that I, you know, this is a quote from him. I think WWE has probably been guilty of overreaching with the amount of control they want to exert. And I think that is absolutely bang on the banana. That's the problem that WWE have got is that being an independent contractor is not an issue. But them pretending that you're an independent contractor when you're absolutely not is where the problem lies. Do you remember? Do you ever see that interview with uh, that Bailey did? Uh, I when was she, just going to ask you the same exact yeah, right? question. I felt so bad for her, for Bailey. She was put in a terrible situation, and I also felt bad for the reporter because, as you know, Luke. Rule number one to being a reporter is keeping that curiosity open because that is how you ask the right questions. And that is what that reporter did. 
Yeah, absolutely. So if you haven't seen this, uh, it was just when they signed with Fox and uh, this reporter was, was talking to Bailey and she just mentioned that when we're traveling to city to city, you sometimes worry that you're going to run out of gas on the way to the next show. And the reporter just sort of goes like, wait, they don't pay for your travel. And she was like, no, 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 no. We, we pay for our own travel. And this reporter was just like, what? What are you talking about? And Bailey's basic argument was just like, well, there are a lot of us. They can't just get a bus. <laughs> I, was like, I, I, I was like, well, so two buses then. Poor, honestly, like, what do you do? Like, I've thought about that. Like, imagine being Bailey. What do you say, Luke? What's your answer? You can't be completely honest. Your employer is watching. You're supposed to represent the company in a positive way. So it's like whatever you say, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place there. Like you really, oh. you are. Yeah, it really was. Uh, the last thing uh, to mention on this, and, and it's to, to kind of back up the point that you were just making there, which is, you know, Perhaps it's not just a case of a wrestling union, people coming, employees, etc. It is WWE sort of reevaluating what an independent contractor is. And this is a very interesting uh, uh, quote to end off here from Bischoff, which is, what if WWE says we're going to maintain the independent contractor status? And yes, we will adjust the way we conduct our business and relation to those independent contractors as needed. What that means is anybody in WWE will be able to go work with AEW for the weekend, which I think is like that's a that, that will be a huge, huge shift in the wrestling landscape. If all of a sudden WWE do say, right, we're going to treat you like your independent contractors, that would allow WWE talent to go and work for other promotions. See, I feel like, yeah, that definitely would be there. Personally, I'm a fan more of, I think that, I think there's a lot of issues that come to play when you're bouncing around talent, especially if you're building certain storylines in a promotion. And then, you know, you can have another promotion just putting up, you know, your matches that you're building up a storyline to. And I just feel like it's just would get very, very complicated. And as I, I don't see it happening, Luke, I can't see WWE sharing their talent whatsoever. Yeah. I, I don't see it at all. I, no, uh, no, I completely agree because they have got their bubble and it's a bubble that they do not want to burst. So it is going to be like these next few years are going to be a really, really interesting. Like it's not going to be an overnight change. Uh, like anything in this world, nothing is going to be overnight. But these next few years are going to be such an interesting business shift. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very interested to see. I don't know which way it's going to go yet. Uh, I also don't know, to answer the question, I don't know if a union is going to fix every problem within WWE. Unions are, I think, I believe that unions are a good thing. I'm a northerner at heart. I do believe that unions can help uh, employees, but I don't know if it will fix every single problem. But yeah, I think we are heading towards a very, very interesting turning point in the wrestling landscape. I think uh, so too. It's yeah. scary and exciting at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right. Well, I mean, talking of uh, the the wrestling landscape, uh, we'll just briefly talk about the AEW NXT ratings war because it was the biggest gap between the two in quite some time. Um, despite the competition of the NBA draft on ESPN or ESPN, uh, as other people might call it, uh, AEW Dynamite averaged 850,000 viewers on TNT last night, which their biggest number since September. And NXT was slightly up, but trailed Dynamite by, uh, with 638,000 viewers. That gap is the biggest between the two shows since July 22nd. And Dave Meltzer pointed this out on Twitter. 
AEW actually beat Raw in the all-important 18 to 49 demographics, even though WWE Raw had Drew Gall uh, Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship. Granted, Raw was going up against Monday Night Football, but yeah, like that's that's pretty huge to beat them in that 18 to 49 demographic. So. I honestly think that both AEW and NXT put on really good shows this weekend, but I do think that NXT was the superior show this weekend. And the reason for that is that it's kind of surprising to me that I feel a lot of people aren't really willing to give NXT a chance. I feel like a lot of people expect certain types of shows from NXT, especially because a lot of the, you know, the last couple of months, they really weren't that good. We were sort of seeing the same thing over and over again. Obviously, NXT was hurt a lot by the injury bug and they lost a lot of talent. However, ever since Halloween Havoc, I do feel that we've seen a shift in their programming. And like I said, I honestly think that this, this past weekend, this week, NXT was the better show than AEW. And I think that people should check it out because I kind of noticed a lot of people are kind of like, all right, we're not going to expect much to happen on NXT. So I'm not going to watch it. I, I haven't actually seen this week's NXT yet, but I, I was there a blindfold match uh, at the yeah. start of the show, which I, I I mean, I heard is one of the worst things that NXT has ever put on. Like that's one review I've heard of it. Okay, so that part was not good. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about how NXT was a good show. Okay, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, the blindfold match was not good. I thought that the good stuff that they had on the show was actually everything that they did with Johnny Gargano, Leon Ruff, Damian Priest, and even like the uh, William Regal was incorporated into this as well. I thought what he did was good. I thought that the um, the women's match with Io, uh, Io Shirai versus Rhea Ripley was really good, like really, really good. Yeah, and um, they had a lot of other few matches, like the Kushida uh, Ru uh, Arturo Ruaz match was pretty good. They had two women's tag team matches that were pretty good as well. And they just really did a lot especially with Leon Ruff, I do think he's going to be like, uh, I like the direction that they're going with him. Yeah, uh, the, the women's match that I've heard, uh, the, the, the uh, um, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai match I've heard was fantastic. Like, that's the match that I'm going to be checking out from, from this week's NXT. I had, like, apparently, they both got, like, brutally injured from it as well. Like, apparently, it was, like, really, really Rhea Ripley, like, had her earrings. Yeah, she had, like, her earrings ripped out and stuff. So, yeah, that is pretty brutal. Uh, I will be checking that one out. She posted a tweet saying that the doctor had to cut pieces of her ear off. I don't even want to know what she had to go through because that sounds terrible. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzlemania, brought to you by Parts Funknown, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Funknown's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Uh, right, well, let's go through your Patreon mailbag questions. If you've got a question you want to submit to the pa- submit to the mailbag, this is bad. Um, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon. The show's falling apart, Denise. I know your internet's back and everything, but now I'm falling apart. Um, this show has Patreon. been cursed. This is the cursed episode of our podcast. First, my internet issues, and now you're falling apart as the host, oh, as no. the anchor. I know. I know, dude. My my coffee is not doing me the work it needs to do. This is good. this show's going to get us cancelled. Um, but yeah, if you want to submit a question in the mailbag, become one of our Patreon pledge hammers. It's all falling apart. Patreon.com forward slash Russ Talk. Don't email me. I will just lose it. I'm bad at my job. Um, Juan Villona has got some Spanish. Right. So. And uh, I don't have my document open. So good oh, luck, Luke. I closed hey. it. I was scared. <laughs> I may need you to open it again. Uh, right, but it's. But I believe it's just like, uh, Luke, mi amigo, siento que me vas, siento que me vas, see, this is where I get, this is where I fall Siento que me vas, siento que me vas, is that what he's saying? I'm still opening it. Yes. Okay, continue yeah. on. Well, that's just, it's how said, siento que me vas a odia. A odiar, siento que me vas a odiar. Ah, okay, yeah, cool. Uh, which is? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, you don't, sorry. So, siento que me vas a odiar means I feel like you're going to hate me. I'm still, hold on, I'm opening up this document. See, I'm not even looking at the document and I know what you're telling me. That's not, that's not bad, Luke. That's pretty good. It's pretty okay. good. Okay, oh, I found it. Okay, yeah. so am I reading this or are you reading this? What's happening here? Uh, it, it may be good if you read it first rather than me just sort of stumbling okay. over like the dumb white guy that I am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Juan says... 
Luke, mi amigo, siento que me vas a odiar. Es tiempo de tu lesión del día. Did you know that a billion in English isn't the same as un billón in Spanish? A billion in a billion in English equals to one followed by nine zeros. In Spanish, un billón equals to one followed by 12 zero. Yeah, I always get confused with that, but it's basically he's telling you. Oh, sorry. So what he was telling you is he was giving you a fun fact about how billions in Spanish is not the same as billions in English. And it's like a different number. And that so that's interesting. He was Why giving you a number. I forgot. Okay, so it it's, it's mil. Okay, so mil millones. And um, it's this whole thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. When it comes to math, I get very confused in both languages. Hey, do you know what? Uh, do you know what, Denise? If ever you're struggling with an answer, just go like, it's one of those things. It's just, it's a thing. It's one of those things. But you know what, though? He tried. Both you and I failed this lesson. See, this is our oh. cursed episode. Oh, man. Es tiempo de la lesión del día. That sounded pretty, that sounded like I was not far Wait. off. Say that one more time. Okay. Si cuento mi vias, si cuento mi vas hoy día, es tiempo de lucian del día. You just got to put more, like, more, like, more throat into it. More like chest. Like, siento. Siento. Que me vas a odiar. Que, que me vas del día. No, oh, I said a day. Odiar. Roll that odiar. R. Odiar. <laughs> odiar. <laughs> oh, you got a little arm roll at the end. I heard it. That's good <laughs> stuff, Luke. And then he says, es tiempo de tu lesión del día. It's time for your lesson of the day. Yeah. Es, es tiempo de... Es tiempo de... <laughs> oh, dear. We might have to move on. I, 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 we'll, we'll get there eventually. Someone said, I, I can't remember if it's a mailbag here or someone meant, said, oh, uh, left a message on last week's show. It was just like, it's like watching Dora again. It's... <laughs> Uh, come on, vamanos. Everybody, let's go. Come on, let's get to it. I know that we can do it. Where are we going to get Luke some Spanish skills? Where are we going to get Luke some Spanish skills? Skills. I love Dora. Oh, man. I've never seen the show. I've never seen it. Dude, I'm, like, I'm 35. Of course I never saw the show. Like It came out when I was like in my teen years. Of course I never saw it. Wait, so you don't know about Swiper No Swiping? Okay, well, uh, so I have seen the film, which I thought was okay. one, I thought it was wonderful. But charming. that's the that's the action one with like real humans, though. That doesn't count. Yeah. I, I didn't did. watch that film. Oh, dude, it's no, great. Right. It's pretty good. You haven't seen La Exploradora. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I know of I know of her. Um Misha's so rough. <laughs> She's famous, Luke, even though she got deported by Donald Trump. There was a meme going around when Donald Trump first like became president. They were like, Dora's been, Dora's been deported. It was so sad. It was terrible. Oh, that is terrible. Right. Moving on. Misha Sumra. Uh, not really a question, but £40 for the championship transport. Absolutely ridiculous. As a former courier, I confirm you're being exploited worse than WWE exploits loopholes in uh, US employment law. Back in the day, I'd have done the same service for a fiver, even allowing for inflation. You're being gorged. Uh, also, petition to add a segment to the show where Denise does accents. Each week, Denise is given a US accent to practice. And the next week, she shows how she's done. 
Ah, shoes on the other foot now, isn't it, mate? No. You know, I do feel bad because I feel like five years into this podcast, people are still going to be sending you Spanish <laughs> lessons. Like, this is not even a wrestling podcast anymore. This is just, I don't know what it yeah. is. Uh, but to ask you a question, which wasn't really a question, Misha, uh, thank you very much for your mailbag. But Misha's also one of the patron backers for my podcast as well. He's actually guested on my podcast because he appeared on Games Master. Um, but yeah, we looked into couriers and they were way more expensive than just getting a taxi. So we did look in like the courier service was like 60 to 100 quid. Maybe it's just London prices. But yeah, like that for like short notice couriering, it was really, really pricey, which is why we went with what we did. Uh, D Turner says, hey, look, this is my first mailbag question. I just want to ask, why did you cancel the NXT reviews on the Rest Talk channel? I know that it's, you have it on Wrestle 2, but honestly, it's not the same without Laurie and Adam. I feel like if you kept reviewing the takeover shows like you did before and just did news reviews, you'd have just as many viewers as you do on the AEW reviews. I hope that Laurie and Adam will come back to reviewing AE, uh, NXT reviews really soon. So uh, we kind of have gone through this um, before, but the reason why we had to cancel the NXT reviews is because they weren't getting the views that were needed. If anything, like, when you, we sort of looked at all the stats and everything, we drilled it all down. NXT was always the worst performing podcast that we put out on a weekly basis. Not just in terms of views, but also the amount of watch time and the amount of money that it was making. Effectively, it was a money losing venture for us. So we would put that podcast out and every time that we would, we would lose money doing so because you, uh, Laurie loses time in his day. Adam loses his time in his day. It's costing us to pay them. And it's just, we're not making any money off the back of it. So, which is why we had to, we just made the decision to, we had to cancel the NXT reviews. Unfortunately, we wanted to do them, but people weren't watching it. And if people aren't watching it, then it's just win like it, Calling Spots was one of our favorite shows uh, that we were doing over on Wrestle Two. We loved uh, on Parts of Unknown, rather. We loved doing Calling Spots, but Calling Spots wasn't making call Calling Spots was costing us so much money to make, and we were getting no return off the back of it. So, which is why we're not doing Calling Spots as often as we once were. So, it, it's just one of those things. We'd like to be able to do it more, but if people aren't watching it, we can't really do it anymore. So the moral of the story is watch this show or we will be canceled. And this is my only show on here and we don't want to be canceled. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, RLT Sandwich. Uh, it seems like Alistair Black asked to go back to NXT and was denied with the release of Zelina Vega. How long do you think Black will bite his tongue before he asks for his own release? Yeah, we didn't get into this, but Black, you know, asking to go back to NXT and being denied is probably not a great sign uh, for how he's feeling in the company at the moment. Luke, you're a husband. Put yourself in those shoes. Can you imagine your wife just had this big giant blowout, you can say, with your employer? And it, it it's a tough spot to be in because you're still employed, you're still with the company. And obviously, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're siding with them. But it doesn't look good either, especially because of how everything played out. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean that he should be having his career put in jeopardy because of something that happened, you know, with his wife. They are individual people. But again, we're not even really seeing much of Aleister Black. He, we didn't see much of him on Raw. We're not seeing much of him now. So it's not even like it's a big deal if he had like a career or a feature or he was featured like Seth Rollins then maybe I would be talking about this situation differently but we're not seeing him in that position absolutely not no and like if I'm Alistair Black uh if you're watching this podcast uh which I don't, I'm, I'm sure you are um and, and you are thinking about you know possibly getting out of your contract here's what I would do here would be my advice stay quiet 
don't don't say anything don't kick up a fuss don't ask for anything just wait till the time runs out because the last thing you want to do is do something publicly and get time extended onto your contract you don't want this to like Brody Lee this situation essentially of just getting time added on for stuff that you didn't know could be added on for stay quiet bide your time wait till your contract expires then off you go FTR this situation would be the way I would do it I think you're on to something on there because what is he going to do lash out it's gonna make it's only gonna make Zelina feel bad if you're you know you don't want your husband to go out and you know essentially stick out his neck like that you know you would feel bad. Uh, Robert Ray, when WWE are finally allowed to have fans back in the arena at full capacity, do you think they will have a show that they did like Raw 1000, where Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and a few legends like Rock, uh, Austin, Undertaker, etc., are all on the show uh, with CM Punk? Uh, and there's some shocking things to end the show. Try to rival AEW, as I see AEW doing something big for their first show back with full capacity arena. I, I mean, when they come back to a full capacity show, I 100% think they're going to have something big planned. The difference is there, Robert, is making sure that there's a follow-up to that because otherwise it just becomes a show of moments and moments don't equal story they just equal one cool thing i thought you were gonna say moments don't equal ratings i thought that's what that's what you were gonna say i don't that's, I, a, much, that's a much more insightful <laughs> comment um i definitely i don't see why not you know i feel like once they have people in the audience they're people in the audience people for an audience <laughs> Um, they're definitely going to go ahead and make, you know, a big deal about it. You have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You've got to. Uh, Dwayne the Grong Johnson. Hey, guys, uh, do you have any memorable moments from the British independent wrestling scene? For me, I loved Martin Kirby hitting his finisher for the first time to win the WCPW Championship. I wonder if Adam booked that. He did not. Uh, are you guys particularly fond of any moments? Also, what I want to ask if Streamlab accepts UK debit cards. I couldn't get mine through on the Monday Raw Review podcast. Yeah, we're looking into it. We were having some issues with Streamlabs, but according to Streamlabs, any payment is acceptable so we're not quite sure what's going on but we are working on that so thank you very much for your patience um as we go into this new form of uh, getting rid of super chats because youtube takes 30 percent of the revenue of that and i don't even know how much percentage they take is it 30 or i thought it was 40. yeah i think it's yeah it's like between 30 and 40 percent that they take uh for super chat donations which just seems like if you, if you want to donate hard-earned money i would you know i don't want to see some of that money go across to google who've already got a lot of money um but yeah, uh, memorable moments from the British independent wrestling scene. Um, I mean, I always bring up Lee versus Ishii because like, holy heck, it's just what a match it was. Um, God, what else was really, really great? Drew coming back was amazing. Like that felt really, really big. Um, and, you know, like uh, World of Sport, WOS starting on ITV. I thought it was great. I, and I thought it was a, a really interesting show. It, it didn't pan out quite the way that we'd all hoped that it would do, but it felt like it was a big moment. Um, yeah, I think I'll go for that. But um, yeah, Martin Kirby in, in WCPW, he was amazing. Really, really great stuff. Uh, Callum, here's an interesting question. I'd like to know, what is your favorite TV episode? For me, it's constant from Lost. We have a lot of Lost fans uh, who tune into this show, which is weird because are you a Lost fan? I am a Lost fan. I love you're Lost. You're another one. Oh, man, you're Wait, another one. You're not one of them? Are you not with no, us? I, you're against us? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm against you on this one. Like, I watched the first season, and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And then the second season started, and I was like, oh, they're not answering any questions that they've set up. This show has no direction whatsoever. I am not going to spend my time watching a show where they don't know where they're going. Because I, I, I do that enough with wrestling. Like it's, I don't need another TV show doing that. Um, and so I just lost patience with it. It did get bad. Like the ending was terrible, but it was still a good show. I stuck around and watched it all. 
Uh, but what is your favorite TV show episode? Ooh. I don't know because I think, okay, so my favorite episode from France was the one with Ross gets that tan, that weird tan, the one where he gets mm-hmm. like, he's all dark and then he's light and then he's counting Mississippi, Mississippi, Leslie, I don't even know. I like that episode. But then I also love the I Love Lucy episode where Lucy is, um, she just, she has like a loser complex or like some sort of complex that episode and she doesn't feel like herself. And that's so relatable to me. So that's like one of my favorite episodes. What's yours? I think I'm going to go uh, the, the Twilight Zone episode, Living Doll um, from season five. Uh, Talking it's Tina, a- right? Yeah, with Talkie Tina. Yeah, it's such a great, great episode. My name is Talkie Tina, and I don't like you. There's so it's like it's it's so brilliant because it's like it's full of metaphors and, and allegories, and you know it's it's the the girl Christina is kind of sort of like talking through the doll in some weird way. Uh, I actually did a short film. It's available on YouTube. People can try and find it if they can. Um, which uh, it was called Sam. And it was part of like me and my friends did a our own version of the Twilight Zone called the Collector's Room. It's about this guy with this like collection of things, and he was talking through the stories of from his collection. And then it would do you know sort of an anthology thing. And um, yeah, we did this episode about a guy um, whose housemate brings back a ventriloquist doll from his um, his like granddad's attic or something. And we had a lot of references to that um, living doll episode, like particularly the garage scene and everything. I it's I love it. It's probably my favorite episode of the Twilight Zone, and I've got a lot of favorite episodes of the Twilight Zone. So I have a fun fact for you, Luke. I I did the play of Talking Tina, Living Doll, for in high school. That's why I kept calling it Talking Tina because that's what our production called it. But it was obviously off of that, and I played the little girl with the doll. That was my role, and like my mom came and watched. It was great. But in terms of my favorite episode for the Twilight Zone, it's the hitchhiker. The one with the girl, she's driving and she keeps seeing the, oh my God, I would cry every time I saw that man's face. And sometimes I wondered, I was like, what if that happens to me? (laughs) You've never wondered, like, what if that happens to me? That happens to me, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, so many great episodes of that show. Um, Aliada, uh, I just finished watching the Blading Explained video that Laurie did, and it was amazing. Funny enough, a week before that video, uh, I heard the term blading for the very first time. I was literally questioning what it was, so very good timing. Got me thinking about the Orton-Brock match at Survivor Series. Orton got busted open and the match was called off. I didn't know much about the wrestling business and backstage stuff, so I wanted to ask, was that a work? If not, what actually happened, and is there any heat between both Brock and Orton? I know it was definitely uh, a work. That was the, the planned finish that they wanted to do and because they couldn't blade brock had to bust him open hard way and there was lots of heat on both of them they both got massive fines for it you answered that (laughs) you got it Uh, Jamie Shields, hi Luke and Denise. Fun fact, bish. I was on six and a half kilometers into my run when you answered my question last week. And yes, I'm pounding the pavement again. Very much enjoying your podcast on your topic this week. My question is if you could book a storyline for any wrestler at the moment, what would it be and for who? God, that's so hard. We get, often get asked like booking questions, and I'm never good at them because I'm not. I, this is why I could never be a wrestling booker or like tell storylines. I'm just not very good at it. Is it the creativeness part or what part? Because I, I just I'm terrible at this type of stuff too. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I'm going to say? I say uh, something better for Miro is is what I'm going to say because I want to see Miro in a much bigger position than he's currently in, um, rather than feuding over arcade boards. So yeah, I'm going to go with Miro. Uh, I think uh, as as my answer, what that would be is 
quote something better you know what i feel like if if it was me and i was trying to book something i'd go all vince russo and just put all this crazy stuff happening in this in our storyline um um, but since you just picked a wrestler, I'll go with Alistair Black since we were just talking about him. I book him a lot differently. I mean, look at the guy. Uh, Rini, hello, Luke and Denise. I hope your date is going well. My question is, if you could enter the world of any TV show or cartoon, which would you enter? I'm sure it's not that Hitchhiker episode of The Twilight Zone. Um, for me... <laughs> For me, it would be Pokemon. Since I was little, I always wanted to be a Pokemon trainer and was in love with the Pokemon games. Dude, like, I... I'm not a Pokemon guy. Again, I was too old when it came out, so I was I was too cool. I was too old and cool to be into Pokemon. Well, you're too old and cool for Pokemon and for Dora the Explorer? Luke, you have not been living your life right. Oh, Denise. I was in year eight when Pokemon came out. That was the thing that the year sevens were into. We're going to be like the dorky year sevens into this stupid little thing? Absolutely not, mate. Come on now. <laughs> wow. The shade for year seven. The shade. So uh, you guys say years too, though, right? Year eight, oh, year yeah. seven. Because here we yeah. do seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest, that confused me massively when I was watching like American TV shows and like films and stuff. And they'd be like, the fourth grade. I'm like, is that year four? Like, I, yeah. I, it... <laughs> well, I never heard the whole year thing until you said it right now, and I just acted like I already knew that. <laughs> Yeah, so my school was like, it was years one through 11, and then uh, you went to sixth form uh, for, for two years. Sixth form? Sixth form, yeah. Uh, and that'd be like essentially years 12 and 13, but it's just called sixth form. I don't really know why. There's probably some academic reason for it. Um, but yeah, and then I was in sixth form for two years. I have no idea what, and no, sixth form, sixth, form was, sixth form was badass because A, we had our own common room where we could go and hang out in between classes. Wait, uh, what, B, what, what year is sixth form though? Like what year? Uh, oh, like age? Uh, I was... No, like uh, what year? Like if you were going to put that like year oh, eight, year nine, year 10, like what is it? Uh, uh, year 12 and 13. Okay, so like you're... You have 13 <laughs> years? <laughs> no, because we started, you start at year three. So... Um, it's Wait, like kindergarten for you? I guess years one and two, maybe. I don't know. How old are you at kindergarten? Five. You're oh, five no, that would be year in kindergarten. I think that would be year three for us then. Pretty sure that's right. This doesn't sound right because us, like the last one is 12th grade. 12th grade, you're a senior, you're done, you're off to college. So there's like no 13 for us. It's kindergarten, first grade, second grade, third grade, four, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Well, once you get to nine, that's freshman, sophomore, uh, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm right. I mean, granted, it's been 30 years, you know, since I was five years old. But uh, I'm pretty sure, like, I started school at five. That was year three. And then you just sort of go on and on and on. And so you get to years, uh, year 11, you do your GCSEs, and you go into sixth form. And that's years 12 and 13. But anyway. But sixth form, sixth form was badass. A, you got your own common room. But B, you didn't have to wear school uniform. You got to wear whatever you wanted. It was great. So cool. I got to wear my band t-shirts <laughs> to school. I got told off once for wearing one of my band t-shirts because it had a naughty word on it. And I felt oh, like such a little how dare level. you. How dare you with those naughty words. <laughs> <laughs> my, wife finds, my wife finds this crazy now because my school like it, our sixth form policy was like it's a revolving door like it's you know you 
you have classes, but you're not obligated to go to those classes. But if we feel that you're taking the mech out of the revolving door, that revolving door can always send you right back out the other way. So uh, me and my friends really pushed to the limit of how many classes we actually went to. Um, we'd often just go back to my friend's house and play Super Smash Brothers Melee. That is that. Was... so wild. I can't even believe that you guys were allowed the option. Yeah, yeah, yeah to just cut classes and just not go. That's why wow. I, barely, I barely passed school. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, sorry, anyway, Pokemon. Um, if you could live in a TV show or cartoon, which one would you live in? So, wait, is what was your answer, though? Not Pokemon, I haven't, though. I, I haven't, I haven't had one yet. But what I was going to say about Pokemon is that I, uh, I would have said like, ah, oh, no, I don't, because I didn't really get it until I saw the Pokemon movie, and I'm like, oh, actually, that does look like a fun little world to live in. That does look cool. I um, want to live in there, and but I'm not a Pokemon fan, so unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mine's a Sex in the City. But that's just New York. Like exactly. you just want to live in. You just want to live in. <laughs> I want to live in New York and I want to be Carrie Bradshaw and I want to have fantastic clothes and I want to be a writer and I want to, you know, date all these books and that sounds terrible. <laughs> this went too far, but I love Carrie Bradshaw's life. Okay. I want it all. The friends, the clothing, everything. Not for the, the question wasn't what character do you want to be? It's like, what world do you want to live in? Okay, what world do you want to, I want to live world. in Carrie Bradshaw's world. Is that so bad? And I'm any living like the totally opposite one. Any it's world you could possibly imagine, I pick New York City. Um, <laughs> I'm going to pick... Uh, I'm going to pick the cartoon world. I'm going to pick the cartoon world of the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, granted, there is always the possibility that the world is going to end, but the Ghostbusters are there, so it's fine. Also, means you can grow up one day to be a Ghostbuster. And that's always been my dream. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's the role I'm going to pick. That's a good one. It's your dream. Go for it. Thank you. Bro. I won't shame um, you like you shamed me for my dream. Shame you, your page. Just like anybody. Okay, I mean, granted, I picked New York as well because New York's the best. Uh, Matthew Mikowski says, "Hello, Luke and Denise. I have a question to ask, um, but a quick statement to follow. Uh, as a fellow Friends fan, Denise teaching Luke reminds me of Phoebe teaching Joey French. Uh, what a funny episode! Um, of all the wrestling styles, what would you say is your favorite wrestling style? Like, what what attracts you to wrestling? I guess is an interesting way to phrase that question." I would say a cross between Lucha and Strong Style, like a little bit of both mixed in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, like British Strong Style, like really did sort of like massively appeal to me. Uh, and like the, the technicality side of things, there was a really, uh, Vinny, Vincent uh, Verheide pointed this out once when he was reviewing the Cruiserweight Classic that British wrestling was always about showing you the audience just how I'm applying this hold so you can see all the pinpoints and all the pressure points that I'm applying here to show you, the audience, this is how I'm doing the whole. Over the years, like particularly in America, it was all about how quickly I can do that and how quickly I can go from this hold into this hold into this hold into this hold. And isn't that impressive? And then you've got a guy like Zack Sabre Jr. who was just like, no, no, no. I am going to show you how I am applying this hold and I'm going to do it as slowly as possible. And I love Zack. And yeah, like that, I think I've always really enjoyed that style of wrestling. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's. I mean, it's awesome to watch, but I feel like if you do it, you got to do it right. And especially somebody when you have somebody like Zack Sabre Jr., if you're not doing it at that level, for me, it's a hard to get into somebody. But if you're doing it at that level, then I can easily get into it. 
Yeah, and and to echo you as well, like uh, so the the Japanese strong style of just like hitting someone as hard as you possibly can is is always pretty wicked to watch. Uh, Kevin says I'm watching Ambrose versus Rollins from Money in the Bank 2015 in the ladder match. It's really good, but I think Ambrose should have won. Although Rollins was a great heel champ, WWE should have gone with Dean's momentum and give him the title. The crowd loved him and would have loved to have seen him get revenge for Seth's betrayal. My question is, in your opinion, um, the momentum W what is the W Sorry, what is the momentum WWE failed uh, the most to go with? Sorry, when when has WWE failed to go with the wrestler's momentum? For me, this is an easy answer. Zack Ryder. Like, when Z True Long Island Story was at its hottest, WWE were actively not putting him on TV. And it was, basically, they punished him for getting over. And it was a terrible, terrible business decision because there was a guy you actually probably could have made some money off of. But because you could have made money off him, they chose not to. They had a show in Long Island. They didn't book him for it. Like, that's literally his home base. And they were like, nope, we're just not going to put you on the show. <laughs> that's crazy. And, I, um, and, the, and the more we asked for it, the less we got. Poor Zack Ryder. I just, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because it's like if you're just not seen as a star in their eyes, that's like, that's it. You know, like, doesn't mm -hmm. matter what the people are saying, which is weird because the people are the ones that spot the stars. Right. Anyway, exactly, but yeah. for my pick, it's definitely CM Punk after he beat John Cena. Money in the Bank. Oh, the 2011 like, one. Yes, thank you. 2011. And I think after that, he what he 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 left with the WWE title and then afterwards he ended up losing it to del rio yes right yeah because then he got into a feud with like kevin nash and, and and triple h for a little bit he won the title back and then went on his epic run but like even when he was champion he was never the main event guy he was like cena was still the main event star of that feuding with john lauren Ias. yeah no i i do i do agree with with that completely um and that again is because we the fans we like cm punk and uh, yeah. wwe have shown us over the years we don't care what you want. It's what we want. Um, I still remember game. being there for that SummerSlam too when he got that win. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I come out like all the way in the back on the like that victory because it was in LA. And mm. was it LA or Anaheim? Oh, I don't remember. But I was there and I was all the way in the back and you just see like this little body like moving up and down. But that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Connor King, um, who do you think Selena Vega will go to next? Or do you think there's a possibility she could be rehired by WWE? Also, if you watched Impact Turning Point, what was your opinion on it? I haven't seen it yet, actually. There's so much wrestling for me to catch up on that I have not seen uh, Turning Point. As for Selena Vega, um, yeah, I mean, we, as we kind of discussed at the, at the top of this show, like I, I'm very, very intrigued to see where she goes next, whether that is for a wrestling company or whether she sticks around doing stuff on just Twitch exclusively. Who knows? I know a lot of people were saying that she would be going to impact or that they feel like obviously she would be going back to impact. Um, I think a lot of people think AEW that's like the very go-to answer. Part of me feels that she's going to go a different direction. I don't mm -hmm. know if we're going to see her in the wrestling landscape, like right away. And I know she said in her Twitch stream that she wasn't retired, but part of me just feels like she might go a different direction. Yeah, if there's anything we've learned from wrestlers over the years, if they say something, believe the opposite. Remember when Mira said yeah. that he was retired from wrestling and he's just going to be a Twitch streamer? Look at him now. He's a wrestler again. Um, kind, of. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Excuse me, Alex Kirkman, thank you very much for your suggestion for the stakes of Survivor Series. We haven't quite got time to go into all of it, but it basically was like the idea being that the survivors of the winning team 
all go into the main event of TLC for the title, which I think is a really, that's a great idea, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a really smart way to do it. Uh, Aaron Donnelly, who do you think will be the next breakout star? My pick is Santos Escobar. He has the it factor. After seeing them last he night, does. Top Flight, dude. Top Flight is going to be a team that everyone's going to be talking about in a few years' time. That team has got so much upside. And, like, the, the youngest one is 19 years old. He was born, as someone pointed out on, on our stream yesterday, he was born after the final episode of Nitro. So... Wow. That's crazy, right? And, like, I mean, me and I said, like, I felt very old watching uh, the, the video package at the start because they were like, oh, yeah, we grew up watching the Motor City Machine Guns and the Young Bucks. And I'm like, oh, no, those are the teams that I liked in my 20s. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> that is so sad. In real, yeah. I feel like anybody, like, if you're born to thousands and after, like, it's almost like I can't comprehend it. Like, I can't <sighs> imagine somebody being born after the 2000s, even though obviously people are being born every day. But part of me, it's like, after the 2000s, I can't. Like I can't. Like yeah. if you like I just can't. I feel old. I feel old too. <laughs> um yeah, so uh, who do you think is going to be the next breakout star? Okay. Um you know what? I don't think a lot of people are talking about Leon Ruff. And I just did an interview with him, so maybe I'm like high on him right now, but I do think that I love his energy. I love his mm -hmm. energy in the ring, outside of the ring. I thought he's been doing some impressive stuff. I think it's him. I'm going with him. I like him. Uh, Mark Jones got a big question here, but I think it's one that's very interesting. Um, he says, the complaint about Raw being three hours is too long. My question stems from my own experience as a fan. I remember watching Nitro when that was three hours, and I honestly can't see any fans today complaining that Nitro back in the day was too long, as we often see with Raw. Is the problem with Raw not the quality of the show uh, overall than the length? Most pay-per-views are longer than the average Raw episode, and if the show is good, there isn't complaint that the show is too long. I ask this because I've been watching through Raw heat pay-per-views from 1998 and on average i'm watching at least two and a quarter hours a day this past sunday i watched a three and a half hours because i watched heat and survivor series and had no complaints about the amount of content because it was really good content today though i find apart from the odd storyline everything wwe puts out is more or less the same and you wouldn't miss out by skipping an episode of raw whereas that doesn't feel the same with the attitude or ruthless aggression eras uh do you think they're missing out um so what do you think do you think raw would be fine at three hours if the show was much better than it often is right now i would first say on that mark i'm pretty sure i mean i i remember a lot of people complaining that nitro being three hours was too long because nitro being two three hours was too long and like you go back and listen to the brian and Vinny reviews they were doing or they were reviewing all the um the monday night war stuff they were dreading that period of time when nitro becomes three hours because it becomes too long of a show there was an episode of nitro where they had no wrestling in that first hour like absolutely like zero wrestling and it was a terrible terrible show a terrible terrible time but really yeah you're, you're kind of on the, the money there it's the show being too long is bad but the fact that it's also not a good show just like exacerbates the fact that the show is three hours i gotta agree i mean i think that if the show was more polished no, I think the show needs to be two hours, regardless. Even if the show was polished, it's just, it's too much. We got Raw, we got NXT, we got SmackDown, and that's just WWE. We got all the stuff on the network that, you know, they're putting out all this content. We got pay-per-views, and again, that's just WWE. So bring it down to two hours. That's it. 
That's it. Absolutely. Uh, Brian Heath, um, Luke, I just wanted to say I had no idea the UK didn't celebrate Thanksgiving. I just wanted to know uh, what's a movie that changed your way of thinking or your outlook on life? Oh, that's a deep that's question, deep. Brian. Yeah. And also, no, we don't do Thanksgiving here. Um, yeah. Well, that's, oh, that's a, a good question. one. I think I got mine. <gasps> oh, what's yours? 13 going on 30. Oh, Jennifer Garner, I right? I love that movie. And I think <laughs> it changed my life because the message, you know, she wants, she's growing. She wants to grow up so fast. Don't grow mm -hmm. up so fast. Take a second. And also she was trying to be the cool girl when in reality she was cool because she was original. So I think there's a lot of, oh, the sisterhood of the traveling pants. That's my answer. I'm sorry. I take it back. It's not 13 going on 30. It's the sisterhood of the traveling pants. That movie changed my life. Oh, I love that movie. I make oh, my fiance watch it all the time and he hates my guts for it because he hates that movie. I love that movie. Have you seen The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? I have seen The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, yes. There's so many layers to that film. <laughs> so many layers. They were way ahead of their time. I think that at some point today, I'm going to just exact games myself because I'm just going to think of you going, <gasps> The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. <laughs> Well, I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed, Luke, that my first answer was 13 going on 30 when my whole life I've been taught. I read the books. I read the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants books. That should tell you everything. It's I both mean, of those movies, but Sisterhood up here. Yeah. I mean, uh, my movie I'm going to go with is Airheads, uh, which is a great, great movie. It. Oh, dude, this is a great movie from the 90s. It's about this band um, called the Lone Rangers, which is funny, right? Because you can't have three Lone Rangers. The whole point of the Lone Rangers is he's lone. There's one. Um, <laughs> but like they they, they, they want to make it. So they break into this radio station to get their demo played on the air. And the, the radio station won't do it. So they hold up the radio station with plastic guns that look real and hold them in a hostage situation until they play the demo on the air. And it becomes this whole thing. It's brilliant. But like sort of the message of the movie and one of the reasons I'm, I was, you know, I've always been in bands and it's always been about like wanting people to hear my music and sort of like hear the, the, the sort of creations that I'm making. So, yeah, I've always just like really resonated with that movie. I, I think it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant Brendan Fraser flick. You know what? After you told me the plot, I've seen that movie. You have, right? Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. seen that movie, yes. When you said that they hold them up and the, all of that, I was like, wait, I've seen this. I only saw it once years ago, so I really didn't remember, but I have seen that movie. It's, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Like, top 10 films of all time. Um, also, funny, that the Sister of the Traveling Pants, when that film sort of came out over here, we as Brits found it funny because we don't call we call those trousers. Like, your pants is your underwear. So it just felt very weird for, you know, the Sister of the Traveling Underwear. That is, I'm not, why would you tell me this? Why would you tell me this? My movie that changed my life is seen as a naughty thing. Oh my God. Pants. Um, so uh, we, we're kind of running out of time. So I'm just going to see if there's any questions I want to sort of pick out from this. Thank you all so much uh, for your um, uh, mailbag questions. We've just, we've overrun, uh, unfortunately. Alan Monson says, hi, Team to Nick. I just want to say thank you for the great weekly magazine podcast. You're my favorite podcast to listen to. But notice Luke learning a little bit of Spanish every week and it's been improving. So I want to see if I can help him. I don't want this to sound silly, but I was wondering if Luke could count his numbers in Spanish this week. It could be from 10 or 20 or whatever you can do. Muchas gracias. Oh, I don't know what page you're on. What page are you on? Uh, uh, page five of six. 
Um, it's down, down towards the bottom. It's uh, Alan who says, Muchas gracias. AKN. Oh, muchas gracias y que tengan un buen día. Hashtag yeah. sí, por favor. I got that bit. That's yes, please. Uh, I know that one. And also, thankfully, um, the offspring have helped me out here somewhat because Pretty Fly for a White Guy has un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis, which I presume gets me to seven. No, it gets you to six. <laughs> Damn it. I'm dead. I was not expecting that whatsoever. <laughs> it's good. Okay. It's, well, say that. It can sing it again, right? Because it said. Okay. Un, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. So I think the reason why you counted seven is because you said five, five twice. twice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so yeah, so I can at least get to six. Thank you. Thank you, offspring. Congratulations. You're pretty Thank fly you. for a white guy. <laughs> I love the offspring. A lot of people don't know that. I was going to say, who doesn't love The Offspring? What a great, yeah. like, that, that Americana, what a great little album it is. And it holds up as well. Um, right. Uh, ben Walker, thank you very much for your fantasy booking for Drew versus Sheamus. Uh, I think I could actually really go for a, a feud between those two as well. I think that'd be amazing. Um, we... Da, 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 da. Oh, oh, Marcus, have you seen Auntie Donna's Big House of Fun on Netflix yet? I've only seen the one clip that they they shared, the um, Everything's a Drum, and it made me laugh so, so much. My wife hated it with a passion but i loved that clip and it really really made me chuckle so i am going to watch the whole show um but yeah i i've not seen the full thing yet but i've heard it's great um and i'd say oh this one from lorenzo uh denise what happened to after buzz tv and who are you closest to from that show oh well i left in march a little bit before they closed down and then they closed down and then that was kind of like the end of that and um i don't really talk to anybody now anymore from after buzz I, I still talk to jumbo every now and then but it's very rare but that's kind of about it um jonathan hedman's got a question about mr bungle i only want to bring those up because yes i bloody love mr bungle so thank you very much uh he says are there any bands or artists that have played in multiple bands that you particularly enjoy i mean my answer is mike pan because he is one of my heroes um but yeah do you have any artists or musicians that are in multiple acts well i just know like it's, i don't I, I have a couple of favorite bands i mean i like the offspring i love like the cure and oh, my ooh, favorite man i didn't yeah. know that about you but my favorite 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 band is the dropkick murphys i love no that way yeah i do and I, I every time they're here performing in like Hollywood or something like I always go to the shows and their music inspired me to go to Ireland so yeah fun Denise fact Salcedo. I yeah and a lot of people one. don't know that about me either I would if you'd have given me a hundred guesses I never would have got to the dropkick Murphys no Man, that's, that's oh, and then someone like... I think someone on NXT god who was it someone on NXT was recently wearing their shirt too oh, really? oh my god who oh my god I forgot who it was I I'll remember later uh, and we're going to end here on Flaming Clive, who says, I don't really have a question this week, but I would love to know, how are you guys doing? It's been a rough year. And we're all fighting the good fight, some better than others, but you guys have kept up your positive attitudes. And as someone who keeps a positive outlook behind closed doors, I'm a bit beaten down. So I have to ask again, how are you guys doing? Flaming, you're one of us, dude. You're, we want to uh, send our support to you, my friend. And answer your question, I'm doing great. This is my favorite show to do of the week. It makes me laugh so, so much. And it's, you know, it's... 
it's half past eight here in the morning. I've kept knees up far, far too late, but she, uh, her spirit and her energy <laughs> and everything. <laughs> did you hear that? I did hear that. And her snorts. <laughs> keep me going. I don't know why I snorted. I wasn't even laughing. I just breathed in too much. <laughs> I hate this mic now. It picks up everything. I I didn't think you would hear it. Oh, oh, we heard it. Don't we? Don't you worry. I might even amplify it in the actual audio when I edit this. Oh um, but, God! <laughs> I told um, you this show is cursed today. My so internet. Yeah, I, I snorted. Oh God. I'm doing great. How are you doing, Denise? <laughs> I mean, my life is falling apart. That's pretty much what's going on with me. Oh man. <laughs> no, I'm doing good too. I'm doing good. Everybody has bad moments. Like I go to, I go through like a hundred different emotions in one day. Like I could be completely happy one minute. And then the next minute I'm like, oh my God, I'm so depressed. My life is going nowhere. And then the next minute I'm like, I'm living the best life ever. And then the next minute I'm like, no, my life is awful. So it, yeah. it fluctuates. <laughs> the words wouldn't come out. I was like, the words wouldn't come out. I know, man. Like, I don't know what happened at the end there, but like, I don't know whether it's too early for me and I get enough sleep. I don't know if it was just your internet, but what a show it was. Uh, thank you very, very much. I, I That was a, a good laugh with what it was. Yeah, it honestly was. It, this is our talking shop mania version of our show is the worst podcast ever. <laughs> um, have you got any plans for the weekend? Well, uh, yeah. So I'm behind on work. So I have to take Saturday to catch up on everything. So that's what I'm doing Saturday. And then Sunday is Survivor Series. And then I'm doing my post show on my channel. And I'm really just using Saturday to sort of catch up with everything that I didn't get done during the week. What about you? Um, yeah, I don't think we've actually got much on. We've got some house like admin stuff that we need to do. So that's that's one thing, which is kind of taking up a lot of our time at the moment. But yeah, like I'm hoping that we can have our relaxing Sunday before Survivor Series. Um, like the moments are like my wife's new favorite thing in the world is making homemade popcorn. So I feel like she is basically looking for any excuse for us to just do homemade popcorn again. So last week it was we watched Jurassic Park. I think this week we're probably going to watch The Lost World, Jurassic Park 2. That is amazing. Homemade popcorn. Does that take, is it hard to do? Not really. You just get, you get some popping corn. And then you just put that with, we've actually, we've got it perfect now to do sweet and salty popcorn. So uh, you have three tablespoons of oil in uh, the wok, add those in, and you put your half cup of popping corn with four tablespoons of, six tablespoons of sugar, and then mix that all together. Just wait till they all pop up, add in your um, sea salt at the end. Oh, it's, it's pretty, pretty great. Is it better than regular popcorn? Uh, unless you get it from a cinema then yeah like if you just get it in a bag like it's because obviously it's cold but you, you get it nice and it's hot and it's all like it sticks together because it's so sugary um but yeah it's pretty wicked it sounds delicious and i'm not even a popcorn fan but hey homemade popcorn i'm here for it do you have a treat when you go to the cinema oh it's nachos all the way oh Dude, i love so nachos loud. how did how did nachos the crunchiest of all the foods become a cinema etiquette like how did that become a cinema treat <laughs> Wait, the crunchiest of all things do you guys not do nachos no we no we do and i hate it i hate the fact that we do what? it over here 
Because it's like, Denise, you know, I'm trying to watch the film, and do you know what I don't want to hear? Someone crunching like Doritos behind me. Like that's the last thing I need in the world. Okay, so whenever I'm crunching really loud, I go, I just crunch slower. So instead of going <laughs> like you know, like a chewing like loud sound, like I go like <laughs> I slow it down. You know, I will yeah, slow I it down, or I'll like I'll try to melt it. I will try to melt it in my mouth. <laughs> It's terrible, but I, I, I'm sorry. I'm a nachos person. Like I go to the, like my fiance can get me to go watch movies that I don't want to see because I'm going to eat popcorn and I, I'm sorry, not popcorn. I'm going to eat nachos and I know that everything's going to be okay. Do you, um, so like in the States, do you get like the cheese sauce that goes with it as well? Or is it I like actual cheese, cheese and jalapeno? And then okay. I do the salsa. Some, some theaters also do like a, like a salsa. So I'll like mm-hmm. take turns and I'll dip it in different stuff. But it's like the cheese sauce as opposed to just melted cheese. Because I've never been never been on board with cheese sauce, man. I don't know what it is. It just looks what weird. What do you mean? What's the difference between cheese sauce and like melted well, cheese? Well, like a cheese sauce is like it's a dipping sauce, right? But like melted cheese is just you put some cheese on top of your nachos and then melt them. No, they give you like a little cup. Yeah, so that is like the cheese sauce. They stuff, give, right? Yeah, they give you a little cup and it's like hot melted cheese. And it's so yellow. And that's what always puts me yeah. off. It's so, so yellow. It's not what? It's not the yellow of cheese. It's just no. this luminous yellow color. So something terrible happened to me. So I love nachos, by the way, like love nachos. And in high school, they used to serve us nachos all the time for like lunch, right? And this one day I was so excited because we were going to eat nachos because we had the schedule. I get the chip. I kid you not. I dip it in the cheese. The cheese is so hard, it breaks the chip. So they gave me rotten, hard cheese. I had to throw my nachos away. It was terrible. Oh, that's a terrible day. Oh, yeah, that's it was. Good. It really was. But team nachos all the way. Dude, I mean, I love nachos. Absolutely. I, I, they're one of my favorite things. When we, my friend, my folks and I, we went to the States. The first time we ever went to the States, we went in 1998. And we went to a this cowboy-themed restaurant. Uh, I cannot remember what it was called. We were in Florida. Because, of course, we were in Florida. That's where you go if you go to America. Because you go to <laughs> Disney World. And, um, like, they served, like, your Coke in, like, uh, glass boots and, like, cowboy boots and stuff. Absolutely brilliant. Had a wicked time. But we ordered nachos to, like, start to, like, share amongst us. And this like tray is wheeled out of nachos and it's just this ginormous platter that's put into the middle of the table. Just nachos for days. It was incredible. Too many nachos, I would argue. We get back to uh, to England and we go out, just me, my mum, my dad, and we go out for a meal to go to TGI Fridays. And we're like, oh, let's like, you know, like relive our American time. That'd be amazing. Let's get, we'll order nachos to start. And we order these nachos. Do you know what arrives? This plate with 12 nachos spread around the edge of the plate and some tiny salsa in the middle. Stop it. That is yeah. so devastating. Yeah. But it's like, that's people. how it is here though. That's how it yeah. is. Like everything, like they serve you like so much food, but you, like I've, you, I've noticed that all like American restaurants that are not in America or in the United States are really not that American. Like you want to be American, like serve a ton of greasy food. That's going to give you like diabetes or something, but that <laughs> sucks though. But I'm happy that you were trying to relive your American experience. We were, we were so excited, but like, as it turns out, the nachos thing, you're supposed to order three of them. You're supposed to get one each as opposed to getting one for the table. Oh man, what a disappointing time. Four nachos we got each, four nachos <laughs> and a bit of salsa. That's 
that's really messed up. Who the heck can eat only four nachos? You should see me at like Mexican restaurants when they serve our uh, chips and dip. Oh, I'm on it. Like I can have the whole thing by myself or like the bread, the bread bowls. I'll have it all by myself. Like I'm an eater. Oh, dude. Yeah, no, absolutely. If we're going to like, I, I love going out to meals. I it's the one thing I've really missed this year is going out for meals. And I, cause I love getting a starter. I love getting a main, I love getting a dessert. Uh, I particularly love a starter and I love anything that's got like, like where, there's a restaurant that used to be here called Cantina Laredo. It's closed down now, but they used to do the most amazing uh, tacos and they would do like a guacamole and they'd make the guacamole in front of you. And wow. it was just like you, you could choose sort of like what was getting put into the guacamole and they were serving, which oh, it was absolutely incredible. I had these pork belly tacos. This is back when I was eating meat. I had these pork belly tacos there that were so good. I had like, I, I just kept ordering them. They would, <laughs> I would order them. I'd eat them. They come back. Do you want more? I was like, yes, I do. I ended up having like 20 of them. They were so, so good. That sounds amazing. I don't Cost eat meat though, by the way. Do you not you eat, eat meat either? No. No, no, I'm a vegetarian. Well, I'm like 90% vegetarian. <laughs> By that, I mean I eat chicken and I occasionally eat, like, meat. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do it all the time, though. I'm, like, 90% vegetarian. Okay, or maybe, like, you, a little less Denise, than 90%. Denise, you started off this conversation with, I don't eat meat. And when I said you vegetarian, you said, well, I eat chicken and meat sometimes. I'm sorry. It depends. Like it just depends. I, I, but I, for the most part, avoid meat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the same thing. Like I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. I've been for oh, a couple God. of years. But yeah, uh, I, do you know what? I think we should probably draw this to a close. There. I think you it's need so to go get some you need to get some sleep. I need to go have another cup of coffee. Thank you all so much for listening. I will be back next week with another disastrous show, I, uh, I imagine. Um, we'll see you then. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. 